Hello, everybody, and welcome to another story. It's a part of Inside the Asperger Studio. Today on the show, I'm joined with Rosie from ASD Life Coaching. Rosie is the type of person whose smile can light up a room and has a personality to match your smile. So sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, and I'll catch you on the other side. See you there. Welcome to Stories, part of As- Inside the Asperger Studio. Today I'm joined with Rosie, who has got the biggest smile in the world. I'm hoping you guys can see her. You'll see her on my YouTube channel. But if you can't see her, I'll put up a good picture of her. She's also got a personality to match that smile. Welcome to the show, Rosie. Hi, Reed. Thank you. You're welcome. Great introduction, by the way. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Let's start out very simple. Where'd you grow up? I grew up. In New Jersey, a little town, Metuchen, very small back in my day. Very small, like less than 4,000 people. Wow, that sound, that's a really small town. Small town. We all, everybody knew everybody. So it's one of those towns where someone sneezes that everyone says, God bless you. Absolutely. It was like Mayberry. We were just, we all knew each other. We all looked out for one another. Great little town. What was it like growing up there? Um... It was good. It was good. We, you know what? The neighborhood kids played outside. We all played together. We all, there was no, um, you know how they have like the groups, like, you know, the, this group and that group, we were just all friends. So there was no click clicks anywhere. Everyone was just one big group. Everybody was just one big group. We were like, we, you know, they called it the brainy borough. That was like the nickname. And, um, you know, we just were very all bonded together. You know, it was that's, it was cool. It was nice. That's, that's pretty cool. I mean, not a lot of people can say they have a very tight knit friendship with when they were in school, because when you're in a big town, you have everyone in their own clique and it's hard to make friends where you you had everybody in one big group. And it just absolutely my graduating class. I graduated high school in 1980 was one hundred and fifty six kids, I believe. And now they're like thousands of kids graduate. So. That blows my mind that we had such a small class and we, you know, all first name basis. We all knew then the brothers and sisters came up. We just, you know, we all just hung out. It was, it was nice. It was real nice. So it was kind of like the school where teachers knew generations upon generations upon generations. Most definitely. Most definitely. Yes. It was almost like here where my brother went to high school and the teachers knew me from my brother. From him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everyone knew generation down and down and down and down. Yep. And I mean, it wasn't rare to run into like one of your teachers at the, you know, the pharmacy or the the food store. And, you know, it was like, hi, Mrs. So-and-so. And, you know, you chatted and it was just like that throughout the whole town. And we walked everywhere. There's no buses. It was a two mile radius. The town was two miles by two miles. So we walked everywhere. No school buses, no, you know. So what was your relationship like with your parents? Huh. Um, I had a very good relationship with my dad. I'm, I'm one of three. I'm, I'm the middle, older brother, younger sister. Um, 
you know, not to get too personal, but you know, my mom was a tough cookie and we bumped heads a lot. So it was, you can kind of see that toughness in you. Cause when I, <laughs> when I see you talking in the group, you feel yes. that tough love coming from you towards everybody. That's that is, that is my whole approach. I think to everybody, to life in general, I, I am just a very independent, very strong, very headstrong. Um, I could be flexible. I listen to people, but, um, I, I'm, yeah, definitely not a pushover, not a coddler. I, I am pretty tough. Yeah. I can tell if you're like, you're almost like Jacqueline, you say it like it is. I do say it like it is. And that can work against me at times, Reed. (laughs) (laughs) It can. Yeah. Anyways, did you have a smooth transition from a, from teenagehood to adulthood? You know, if you asked me at that time, I would have said yes. But looking back, I have to say no. Um, Reed, I got married very young, 21. Wow, that is young. Yes, yes. Engaged at 19, married at 21. So thinking that I was an adult, you know what I'm saying? Like thinking mm-hmm. that, you know, hey, I'm, you know, 19, I can get married if I want. I, I could. And looking back, oh my gosh, no, 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 no. No. So it, it seemed like it was smooth. I got married. We bought a house. A couple of years later, I had my daughter. But it it was, had I done things and waited longer, I think things would have turned out differently for me. So looking back, I, you know, the advice I would give to my younger self would be, don't rush. Don't rush to be an adult. You have plenty of time. I should have continued with higher education. I should have traveled. I should have done things. But, you know. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. That's a great message for the youth of today is don't rush into adulthood, into marriage, because a lot of a lot of girls and guys in relationships, oh, think, oh, we can handle marriage life. But marriage life is so much harder than your teenage life, because now you have bills. You have to figure out making a living, not just for yourself, but for you. And then. If you have a child, then it's three of you. And then you got to worry about raising this child in not poverty, but in a place of love and honor and respect. And then you got to raise that child to the right standards. And and prepare for their future. Somebody's counting on you to yeah. provide for a future for them. So, you know, when you're starry eyed and, you know, 18, 19, 20, you're not thinking that way, but you know, looking back, like I said, thank God everything worked out. But, um, you know, I would I would definitely advise uh, younger people today that are rushing into it. There's plenty of time. So you still t- talk to your daughter to the, today? Do I? I'm sorry. Are you and your daughter still talking? Uh, we just got off of FaceTime right before I spoke to you. So what does she do? My daughter's a teacher in Delaware. Cool. Yes. Yes, cool, she's a, a Delaware school for the deaf. She is wow, their um, her. elementary ed, head of her department. She's very good. She's, she's my pride and joy. The old block. She, she's all yeah. Thank you. She's awesome. All right. What makes you feel inspired or to be your best self, Rosie? To be my best self. Um, I, you know what, Reed? Like, I am not a person like I love to read. So don't get me wrong when I say like, I'm not about the books. When I learned to do something working with kids, because that's what I've done for my entire 
27 years this July working in education, special ed. Yeah. Um, You could read all the books you want. I am a hands-on person. When a new kid comes into our program, I work special ed elementary. um, They tell me, you know, read the IEP and read all up about, and I'm all about, let me meet the kid. Mm -hmm. So that's how, like, I kind of forgot what your question was, <laughs> but um, what makes you feel inspired or your best self? The, okay, that that's when I can make progress with a student, um, you know, who who maybe wasn't verbal and now they're signing a little bit or they're using peck, you know, to to communicate or an augmentative device, and I taught that skill. That's it. That's ball game for me. All right. So- um, finish this sentence. I am at my best when. Oh, I'm at my best when I would have to say when I'm with my family. All right. If you can turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell them and why? Ah, just like I had said earlier, <laughs> do not rush to be an adult. It is not all what it's cracked up to be. Like you were saying before, like you just think of like the, the, fantasy version of you know oh we'll get married and we'll have kids and a nice house you're forgetting about the car insurance bill and this bill and the kid gets sick and there's medical bills and you know there's just I would tell myself to slow it down more education travel more take more classes in in the arts um, maybe painting learn a language, you know, just like really absorb more of the world before I kind of try to create my own. And I, I think that's what I did at that age. I tried to create this little family life outside of my family, you know? All right. Now something a little bit more whimsical. If you Ooh. could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Billboard. Um, you know, I, it's probably not going to be as interesting as you think it might be but huge dog lover and i am just all about rescue and and stop the breeding do not buy from the you know the puppy mills and the the um, pet stores rescue 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 Mm -hmm. okay what is your favorite childhood memory Hmm. childhood memory it's kind of hard, you know, that's kind of a hard one because childhood is, is from very little to, in my opinion, like 12 years old, you know, but mm-hmm. I would say probably, um, my birthday was maybe a few weeks away and my parents were, um, they picked me up from, I had, went to CCD classes to make my like communion or whatever. And they, they both picked me up, which was odd because usually one or the other did. And we weren't going home. And I was like, where are we going? And we went to the bike shop in town and they bought me a bike, a 10 speed. So that was a big whoopee deal back then. All right. All right. Tell me about three influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Um, I would say probably the most influential person in my life was my grandmother, my paternal grandmother, my father's mother. Mm-hmm. Um, she lived to be 94. She was in politics. She was in the union. She 
worked two jobs. She she was independent. She was doing things back then that women her age weren't doing. You know what I mean? She was married at 16. She had her first baby at 17, my dad at 19. And she worked while she was raised them. And they, women didn't, like I say, do that back then. But she helped my grandfather. They were furriers. And they took the bus into New York City together. They lived in Newark and they worked in the factory and they made fur coats. And she was just she was just amazing. She was strong. All of maybe four foot seven she was. But boy, a feisty little Italian lady. All right. Are you introverted or extroverted? Oh, Reed, you tell me. I'd say you're more extroverted like I am. <laughs> yeah. Good right. guess. If you could be remembered for one thing, what would it be and why? Oh, um, I would like to say that I hope that people remember me for kind of like this is the thing about me. You could put me in school, in church, at a ball game. I am the same. What you see is what you get. And people either love me or hate me. So I kind of hope that um, I'm not, I'm never, I, I don't feel like I'm ever really like nasty to anybody, but if you ask my opinion, you're going to get it. You might not like it. So I can, I hope that people will remember me for being like kind of honest and making them laugh and, and kind of uplifting. I'm not, I hate the downer stuff. I don't like the downer and I try to liven up things, you know? Mm hmm and now comes to the part people want to hear your story. Oh, How did you get involved with Jacqueline and your friendship? Ah, I've known Jackie a long time. I say Jackie. I don't, I don't do the Jacqueline. And she doesn't call me Roseanne. So that's um, we had met. I was very much into working out and, you know, getting in shape, staying in shape, blah, 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 blah. And this was years ago before I got old. And I met her at the gym. When I signed up for the gym, the woman who was signing me up called her into the office and said, oh, Jackie, come here. And she came in and she introduced us. Jackie's been working out here. How do you like it? This girl's thinking about joining. And Jackie said, I love it. Blah, 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 blah. Signed up. And I, I worked out every single day, like an hour or so a day. She did as well. So when you start seeing people, so we're on the treadmill together and we start chit-chatting. And, you know, what do you do for a living? I told her I work with kids, you know, on the spectrum, special needs, my whole career. By then, maybe I was only working 14, 15 years at that. So that's how long I've known Jackie since I'm 27 in. But um, and she says, oh, her husband's on the spectrum. And we just struck up this friendship. Then we started running 5Ks together. And then it's funny because when she was having this brainstorm about putting her agency together and what she was doing, I was with her every day and she was telling me to, pro you know, as, as we're working out, telling me the process. And she would say to me, what would you do if you had? So, and at that time I was also tutoring. They didn't really call it coaching. It was tutoring. Mm -hmm. So I was taking teens out into the, um, you know, into target and where and shopping and, you know, just getting into the whatever and helping them socialize. So she said, one day you're going to work for me. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Let me know when that happens. And sure enough, you know, we always stayed in contact, even after I had left the gym and we we stayed in contact and we stayed friends and we would go out to dinner and we would brainstorm and, you know, and I would ask her, like, I have a, a, a client, not a client, I would say I have a kid that I'm tutoring and, you know, what would you do? And 
we would just bounce back and forth. And sure enough, she opened her agency in the first year or so she had asked me to work for her. I declined. And I was just like, I don't think I could do it. I'm, I already have a full-time job and I didn't know if I'd be good at it. And she's like, Oh my God, it's what you do every day at school. And I'm like, I know, but you know, I wasn't, I'm not, I wasn't real self-assured about my skills. And then, um, I became certified as a coach and that was it. The rest is history. Now, what people don't know about Rosie is just from hearing her, she's got tattoos all over her. <laughs> what is one of your favorite tattoos? What story about what stories? Because a lot of people don't realize tattoo, every, every tattoo has got a story behind story. it. You just it's, don't yes. walk into a tattoo shop and say, I like that tattoo. I want right. it. Every tattoo has got a story. Yeah. And has to have a meaning. Is there one that you have that is your favorite? Well, oh gosh, Reed, I, I, let me tell you, I know it's the culture today, but when I was 16, which was 40 something years ago, that's when I got my first tattoo. And that was like unheard of. First of all, I was underage. I was a girl and I don't know. I just always liked them. And I got a tiny little rose on me. It has long since been covered. And I have my daughter, and my two grandkids, uh, you know, tattooed me, whatever. So I would say they're the most special because, you know, people say don't ever tattoo a name on you. Mm -hmm. Daughter and grands. Absolutely. Well, I know that feeling. My brother, his first wife, he got his her name tattooed on his ankle. They got divorced. He had to get covered up with a whole new tattoo. Yep. And he learned his lesson, but he loves tattoos, too. He's got. Yeah. On one arm, he's got a letter from my grandfather because he was close to in his handwriting. Mm -hmm. He's got um, Chinese writing on an arm of that says good luck. He's got a mm -hmm. panda on his ankle with holding a volleyball because he played volleyball. And then my nephew, my youngest one, got a tattoo of the date in Roman numerals of the day my father passed. Because ah. he was close I, to my father. I like when they're very creative like that. I, I would have to say back to my favorite one. Of course, I have to mention the kids' names, but I have um, like the I love you in sign language mm -hmm. because my daughter and my grandchildren are deaf. Oh, wow. So, yes. And my son-in-law. So I have a whole you deaf family. You had to family. learn ASL. I am fluent in ASL and taught several classes. So but maybe you should yes. teach the group one day. I, I actually took a class and Jesse was in it which is wow. fine yeah so jesse did really well with it but that's probably my favorite because it's the i love you and it's a heart and but i you know what i also ride a harley so i have a lot of like skull and like bikery mm -hmm. tattoos that you know love 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 <laughs> anyway <laughs> we come to the part of the show that everyone wants to hear the questionnaire all right what is your favorite word um you know i struggle i struggle with these kind of things i i Favorites are hard because I love words. I love talking, but I don't know. Maybe like the word celebrate because, you know, I, I like like yay or, you know, or freedom. Like I love that kind of stuff. What is your least favorite word? Least favorite word. Everybody says moist. Uh, that doesn't bother me. I don't know. Least favorite word. I don't know. I would say inequality, maybe like, I you know. What turns you on creatively, spiritually and emotionally? Oh, um, creative. Maybe like music. I do love my music and I love writing, 
with my, I have a stereo on my bike. So I let that, I could just be in that zone, you know, and just, I would say that really puts me in a great place. What turns you off? Um, nasty people, racism, that kind of thing. Just judge, judgy, you know, kind of thing. All right. What is your favorite cuss word? I can say that. Yes. It's not pretty. <laughs> Go for it. Francesco said asshole. So. So that's Miles. See, he was being kind. Uh, all right. I'm just going to say I'm a little embarrassed to say because if I if when I'm around my friends, it's a whole different story. But I think cocksucker is a good, you know, he's such a cocksucker. Like, I think it really makes an impact statement. Well, it's funny because Jacqueline could you heard hers. She could not <laughs> say it. She's like, she never cusses, but she, she never she, does. She's like, but if I drop the F bomb, you know, I mean it. A hundred percent. I don't, for as long as I've known her, I don't think I ever heard her. And I pretty much can't say a full sentence without, you know, I'm trying to be good yeah. now and I'm good at school. So, you know, right. it is what it is. What noise, what sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of Harley's. I just, I hear that boy. My head is poking right out that window. Love that sound. What sound or noise do you hate? I think probably the noise I hate the most is when trucks back up and that beep, 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 or babies crying. Because <laughs> the fact that a baby is in distress on any level just is very uneasy for me. What's your favorite color? Blue, since I was a little kid. Easy. What's your least favorite color? Um, I don't know that I really have one. I don't okay. think I do. I like them all. All right. What profession other than you own, other than your own, would you like to attempt? Attempt? Oh, geez. I think I want to be Frances- mm. Francisco when I grow up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't, I don't, you know what, Reed? I think I'm right where I've always wanted to be. I can't imagine. I've I've loved kids and I've worked with kids my whole career, and I don't think I could really do anything else. What profession would you not like to do? Would I not like to do? Probably, in all honesty, I don't think I could. I would do well, like as a. I guess they're like social workers, and they go into homes where, like, DIFUS and you know, there's domestic violence, and kids are abused or neglected. Yeah. Mm-mm. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well, in my opinion, heaven does exist. And he's going to say, I'm glad you got your shit together because we were worried about you for a long time. <laughs> and lastly, when you arrive at heaven, who would you like to meet? Wow. Um, my grandmother. My dad. And my husband that passed. I hope he's there. And that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Stories with Rosie. And make sure to tune in for the next week's episode. And I'll see you on the I'll see you the next time. And that's Thank it. you. Bye bye.
it's a good life So don't go waste it Stop a second cause I know you can taste it Tell me what you wanna do And then we're gonna make it happen Cause nothing can replace it